Viziel being spirit-filled, his giftings were refined, no doubt, in Egypt itself, uh, building Pharaoh's supply cities of Pithom and Ramses in Exodus 1.11. And God often uses people learned in the skills of this world and secular environment sometimes who once are saved, he can use those skills for the glory of God. And God will often train us up in very unique ways in very unique places in this world. But we can hone the skills. So gifted, no doubt, but perhaps learning his craft there in Egypt while he was enslaved with his people there. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. Let's go ahead and uh, open in prayer as we are going to look at God's Word from Exodus 31 and 32 this evening. Father, we thank you for this time to come together, to gather, to worship you, to lift up our voices in song and praise and adoration to, Lord, have the youth, the children gather in the building as well. And for those who are listening on the radio tonight or maybe through social media or through the video feed on our website, we just pray, Father, that your will would be done in this place and uh, through the words spoken no matter where those words might be heard tonight. So we ask, Father, that your grace would be with us as we look into your word. Help us to learn from your word. Help us, Lord, to gain courage from it. And we thank you, Lord, for the examples of the men and women that you give us from Scripture that we can learn from both the good and bad, from positive things that we find done or from negative things that we find done. Lord, you're able to teach us through these things. So teach us this night, we pray, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So tonight we're looking at Exodus 31 and 32, and I titled the overall study, If You Will Not Forgive. And these words uh, coming from the mouth of Moses to God, and really we find that God does a work in the heart of Moses when he says these words. Moses was not challenging God's authority, but I believe that God was working in Moses' heart in such a way that we find that someone who did not want to be Israel's deliverer 
got to the point to where he was willing to have his name blotted out of the Lord's book of life if God refused to continue to go on with Israel. And so it's not that Moses, with these words, if you will not forgive, was threatening God, but I believe it's really exposing the heart of Moses as the spiritual leader that God knew he could be when he called him to deliver the children of Israel. But that has to wait till chapter 32. In chapter 31, we find that God calls, equips, and fills those whom he is going to use in the building of the tabernacle and for the priestly garments, all the things connected to the tabernacle. We've been looking at those things here of late. And now he's had the blueprints, the specifications. I've mentioned that in the last few weeks. But now God gives the people who would be in charge. And he actually, I love this, he fills two men with his spirit, more than just two, we'll discover, but names two of the men, fills with the spirit of God that they might build the tabernacle of God for the people of God. So we find a key verse for me is in verse 13 that says, Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbaths you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And so God reminding them at the end of Moses' time on Mount Sinai, he reminds Moses the very last thing, remember the Sabbath. And we'll look at that as we get toward the end of the chapter. We begin in verses 1 through 5, we find... In the shadow of God's protection, it might seem an odd name for this section, but it's actually the meaning of Bezael, the name of the son of Uri, the son of Hur, from the tribe of Judah, who God calls by name and had filled him with the Spirit of God, gave him wisdom, gave him understanding and knowledge, all manners of workmanship to design artistic works, works in gold, in silver and bronze, in cutting jewels for setting, in carving wood, and to work in all manner of workmanship. Bizael, his name means in the shadow of God's protection. And I, I thought that was kind of unique as I was looking at that this morning, really thinking about it this morning, that, well, the names are given by the parents, right? This is something that a parent gives to their child. I, I wasn't very original with my son. My dad was John. I'm John. I named my son John. Didn't do a lot of thinking about that. I just knew if I had a boy, I wanted to name him John. My dad made sure that we didn't have the same exact name, so... Uh, I have a different middle name than my dad, so I made sure that my son has a different middle name than I had and that my dad had, uh, but not very original in that sense. But Bizael, it actually means in the shadow of God's protection, and we need to think about this when the parents 
perhaps naming this man. We don't know how old he was at this time. We do know that when Moses was born, that Pharaoh had decreed that every male child should be killed or cast into the Nile. And thus, amid the Egyptian captivity, Biziel's parents trusted in God's protective hand over their son's life. Reminded me of Jeremiah 1.5, a verse that has come to the forefront in our culture today with the what seems to be a coming decision of the Roe versus Wade case from 49 years ago. But Jeremiah 1, 5 reminds us, God speaking to the prophet Jeremiah here specifically, but I think it can be tied to so many. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Now that part, I ordained you a prophet to the nation, that is for Jeremiah specifically. But I think for all who are birthed on this earth, God would say, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And for many, he would go on to say, before you were born, I sanctified you. Sanctified, to be set apart or consecrated unto the Lord. And here, Bizael is consecrated, set apart by God to be an artisan to the nation. Not a prophet to the nations, but an artisan, a, a builder, a very skilled craftsman. And no doubt, Bizael being spirit-filled, his giftings, were refined, no doubt, in Egypt itself, uh, building Pharaoh's supply cities of Pithom and Ramses in Exodus 1.11. And God often uses people learned in the skills of this world and secular environment sometimes, who once are saved, he can use those skills for the glory of God. And God will often train us up in very unique ways in very unique places in this world. But we can hone the skills. So gifted, no doubt, but perhaps learning his craft there in Egypt while he was enslaved with his people there. But beyond that, Biziel was filled with the Spirit of God, filled with all wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and workmanship, to lead the building of the tabernacle. So the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 through 7, that there are diversity of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but the same God who works all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So God gifts us to use the gifts that the Lord has given us for the profit of all, for Biziel. He was filled with God's Spirit, not to preach, not to prophesy, but to build. Some guys, sometimes God calls people to be builders, not just preachers. So Aholalib, another gifted artisan that in verses 6 through 11 came along as an assistant 
He says, verses 6 through 11, I, indeed I, and God speaking, have appointed with him a holy lib, the son of Ahishamash, in the tribe of Dan, and I've put wisdom in the hearts of the gifted artisans that they may make all that I've commanded you in the tabernacle of meeting, the ark of the testament, the mercy seat that is on it, all the furniture of the tabernacle, the table and its utensils, the pure gold lampstand and all its utensils, the altar of incense, the altar of burnt offering and all of its utensils, the lavere and the its base, and the garments of the ministry, and the holy garments for Aaron and the priests, and the garments for his sons to minister as priests, the anointing oil, the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I've commanded you, they shall do. So God just didn't give Moses blueprints and specifications there on the mountain. He prepared people who would have an understanding of what to do when they would get a hold of the blueprints and get a hold of the specifications and they would know exactly what to do. And he gifted two men to lead the work there. So Aholilib, his name not so impressive like the other name that we learned of in the shadow of God's protection a holy live, his name meant Father's Tent. And I looked that up under several different lexicons to see if somebody had a different opinion, but that's pretty much it. The Father's Tent. He was from the tribe of Dan, and he, along with all the gifted artisans, were empowered by God to make everything that had been laid out to Moses by God there on the holy mountain. The Bible reminds us in Ephesians 2.10 that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I believe, I strongly believe that God does have a work for each of us to do. Sometimes there is a time of discovery, what that work might be, a time of learning, a time of growing. But I do believe that we are God's workmanship. I believe that he has created us in Christ Jesus for good works, and that these have been prepared for us, that we should walk in these works. And so God calls and gifts each of us with our own unique gifts or giftings that his work, his will might be done in and through our lives. And, and I like that what I read earlier, that the manifestation of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians twelve seven is given to each one for the profit of all. So we work together with the giftings that the Lord gives us and it benefits the whole community of Christ where we serve. And often it's been the case in, well, I grew up attending church my whole life. I've never not attended a fellowship, a church. And I've been part of many different churches as a child, the church that I was raised in, till my dad was called into the ministry and then 
from the age of 12 until 23 in the church that he pastored, and then a church over in Libertyville from, let's see, from 23 to 30 years old. I was over there and then called to be an assistant pastor in Zion from 30 to 32 years old, and then making our way out to California to Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa from the ages of 32 to 34, and then back over to Zion trying to get a work going over there and ultimately ending up here. And then when I played in a Christian band from the age of 17 to 27, we often played in a variety of different churches, different denominations, non-denominational church, different styles of worship. But I've often discovered in many of those churches that I've been part of or have been able to observe that often there's just a a small percentage of the church body actually doing the work. But a church functions at its best when each one with the giftings received by God is using those giftings for the profit of all. So verses 12 through 17, we find a perpetual covenant actually closing out most of this chapter, fairly short chapter in Exodus 31 reminding them of the Sabbath. But I want you to note that the Lord calls it my Sabbath in verse 13. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, verse 13, speak also to the children of Israel saying, surely my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. So before God sent Moses down from the mountain, Moses has been up there for 40 days and 40 nights. He might be at this point getting a little hungry, thinking, Lord, it's time for dinner, isn't it? It's been 40 days. I don't know if he had those hunger pains. I was listening to the founder of Calvary Chapel Movement uh, this week while I was working around the church, and he was talking about fasting and saying that, Once you go on an extended fast and your hunger pains leave you in the initial beginning of the fast. So Pastor Chuck was saying, he said also, though I've never experienced this, so he's never done those extended fasts. He said, once the hunger pains return, you need to eat because it's your body saying it's time to eat lest you die. So it's important and no doubt we think 40 days, who could do that? I had a friend that I went to the school of ministry with, and I was out in California at one of the pastor's conference, and Harris was there as well, and man, did he look skinny and fit. And I said, what have you been doing? He he always looked fit, but um, he looked really lean. And he said, well, I just got finished with a 40-day fast, and in their community, pastors were tag-teaming these fasts. And so he picked up from another pastor who did 40 days and another pastor after him as they were praying for their community. Pretty impressive. I've never done such a thing like that. But the Lord called it his Sabbath. So before he sent Moses down the mountain, he reminded him of the fourth commandment, which was way back in Exodus 20, verse 8, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. 
having already gone into great detail about the Sabbath day in chapter 20, by reiterating this command, God grew greater attention to the importance of Israel's obedience. God added greater weight to this commandment by calling them my Sabbaths. These are mine, and I want to share them with you. God claimed the Sabbath day as his. And it made me think of what often we find in Scripture, the Lord's Day. And maybe someday, some days we call Sundays the Lord's Day. Of course, we know the Sabbath technically from sunset on Friday night until sunset on Saturday night for the Jewish people. But he said in verses 14 through 17, You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore... For it is holy to you. Everyone who profanes it shall surely be put to death. For whoever does any work on it, that person shall be cut off from among his people. Work shall be done for six days, but the seventh is the Sabbath of rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Therefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. I don't know how tired God got in creating the whole world in six days, but I like that he rested and was refreshed. I would assume that the Israelis that came out of the Egyptian captivity had never really truly known a day's rest. But here God said, this is a sign between me and you that should be kept for all generations. That the people of God would also rest and be refreshed. And we need refreshment in that sense of being able to regroup, rethink, and start a new week again, but to spend God, time with the Lord, uh, to wait upon the Lord, to anticipate in a week where we might spend the week just toiling and laboring, trying to get the things done that's on the schedule in our lives, to take that one day out of the week, to take a break, to wait upon the Lord, to want to hear from the Lord, sometimes can give us fresh perspective that gets us into the next week. And Father, we thank you, Lord, in this account of the of these two chapters tonight, Lord, and not to forget Exodus 31, how you gifted artisans to build the tabernacle and all the instruments and the furnishings of the tabernacle, the clothing for the priest. Lord, you gifted them, you called them, and they were skilled craftsmen, artisans, and yet they were called by you. They were not necessarily preachers, although they may have preached. But Lord, you gift us each one in different ways. Help us, Lord, to use those giftings for your glory. And with the golden calf, Lord, it reminds us of how quickly we can stray away from you when we get out of the routine of life. For them, the routine was seeing Moses before them, leading them. But with Moses being absent, 
Makes me think of people who are absent from the church. They stop going to church. Many have over the last couple of years. And they fall into depravity. And yet, Lord, you can redeem, you can forgive, even those who commit great sins, like I believe Aaron did here, and how he led and participated with the people. Still, your blood covered him. He was forgiven, and he became the high priest of Israel. So, Lord, we too are people who are prone to sin, but your grace is big. Your mercy is great. Forgive us, Lord, I pray. Help us to serve one another. Be filled with your spirit. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. Look forward to being with you, either here, through our social media page. I'll just uh, throw it out there. I learned Sunday. We have a podcast now. So if you want to look us up, tonight's message will be in the podcast. And if you look up your podcast, whatever device you might have, Android or an Apple, look up the Cleansing Word Podcast, and you'll find us there. Cleansing Word Podcast, Little Dove, and you'll find us there. Pray that God would bless you and keep you, that His face would always shine upon you and give you peace. God bless. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into His image by the power of His Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.